Welcome to the Enlightening Motherhood Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Hamblin. And I'm your co-host, Ashley Schultz. As moms who are currently in the thick of raising kids with big emotions, we know firsthand how challenging their intense behaviors can be. And that a little support can go a long way. This is a non-judgmental community that was created for you or any mom who's feeling overwhelmed, frustrated, or stressed. Each week, either Emily or I will share our experiences, offer practical tips, and interview experts in the field so you can be empowered to help your children with their challenges. Join us as we help you enlighten motherhood. Hello, hello, it's Emily. I hope you're having a beautiful week wherever you are. Um, It has been still incredible weather here in Arizona. I'm trying to bring the kids to the park as many times as I can, multiple times each week, uh, because it is starting to get hot. (laughs) I know that summer is around the corner, which for us here in Southern Arizona means we pretty much just go outside in the middle of the day to get into an air-conditioned car or to go swimming. (laughs) And so trying to enjoy the outdoors as much as I can. And we had a really exciting breakthrough just in the last couple of weeks that one of my children has learned to pump his legs in time on the swing so he can push himself. And I feel like our park trips have just been given a bit of a rebirth (laughs) because one of my kids can push themselves on the swing. It's pretty awesome. I love watching them learn and grow. Um, I also had a fun little craft this week one of my kids, I wasn't sure if he was getting sick or not. So I kept him home from school for a day. I decided just to do, um, we call it homeschooling for that day, even though he's not homeschooled. Um, and I gave them just huge sheets of paper and some, um, of the paint sticks, you know, the quick sticks. They're so awesome. If you haven't tried them, I love them. They're one of my favorite art Um, supplies to have for children they dry so fast and they're so much fun to use anyways um I gave them to my two um, my seven-year-old and my four-year-old the two older boys that were home and then of course the one-year-old wanted some too so I set her up with her own and it was so funny the seven-year-old knew exactly what he wanted to draw before the paint sticks were even out and already he went to work drawing a pokeball because they're so into pokemon And he drew his first and he labeled it and he finished it. And he was done pretty much before his brother even put his paint stick on the paper. And so, of course, his brother goes and he draws a Pokeball. And he has the red and the black and the white, if you're familiar with Pokemon. If not, it's fine. But those were the colors. And he even writes P-O-K-E-M-O-N for Pokemon in huge letters on his paper. And then he says he's done. (laughs) And... Uh, it was kind of hilarious because then my one-year-old, my little baby slash toddler, I don't know what we would call her, but she's kind of in that stage. She goes for the red and the black. She chooses others' colors too, but those are like the prominent colors of her drawing. So I'll be sure and post those drawings on Instagram if you want to see them. It was so fun seeing one child kind of emulating the other and then emulating the other and that cycle that went through the artwork and so that was a really fun and cute way that we saw a cycle occurring in our family right um 
But unfortunately, <laughs> sometimes there's other cycles that happen in our family between children that we don't love. Uh, tonight at dinner, one of my older kids just wanted to lay across all the chairs and try to eat like from his mouth was like three feet away from his plate and it was making a mess. And then of course, one of the younger kids decides to lay down and tries to eat the same way. And I said to the younger kid, Hey, why, why are you laying down like that? And this child just pointed at the older kid <laughs> and laid down like, okay. So there's definitely a lot of, um, wonderful things with having multiple children and seeing them kind of emulate and learn from each other's examples. And there's some things that can present more challenges, right? There's other cycles that I feel are deeper inside of each of us as a parent that sometimes can be awesome, right? Like um, my mom growing up always like as far back as I can remember, anytime she heard a loud noise, like a crash of things falling or a glass breaking in the kitchen, the very first thing she would say is, Emily, are you okay? Because I often caused the loud <laughs> noise. Um, but she would always say, Emily, are you okay? And I'm like holding my breath, waiting to get in trouble. And I'd kind of go, yeah. <laughs> and she'd say, okay. Well, you're more important than whatever just happened, but now I need you to tell me what happened. And granted, I'm the youngest in my family, so she may have learned from older siblings that that was more effective than other ways of dealing with that. But that's something that's ingrained in me. Whenever I hear a loud noise, I try to go, hey, are you okay? Doesn't always happen, but it's kind of natural just because that's what I had growing up. Um, now, there are other cycles that we might have that are ingrained into us that aren't serving us as much in parenting. And I've been wanting to make an episode like this for a while. And honestly, I've been a little bit hesitant because this is something that's really personal and really touchy. And it's hard for me to choose words that might not sound like I'm casting blame or judgment or pointing fingers. And so I just want to preface it all by saying that I'm not here to say that our parents' generation was horrible. Um, I don't think that they were an awful generation that did everything wrong. Um, and I know that many of you may have come from parenting situations that you just don't want to emulate, right? You don't want that cycle to continue on in your parenting to your children. And so wherever you are in your headspace with um, feelings towards your parents, I'm not here to make this a blame session on them. Um, that's kind of going to be for another space. Now I'm just going to come from like the factual space of, okay, so many of us may have been at least maybe the entire parenting experience or at least aspects of how we were parented isn't the way that we want to parent our children. For example, I've shared before that as amazing as my parents were, oftentimes the tool in their parenting toolbox was to yell. If I wasn't 
doing my chore, then I got yelled at, right? Um, and if I still wasn't doing it, maybe I got screamed at, maybe I got threatened, right? <laughs> like, um, that was kind of the base of their toolbox to get me to do things or not do things. And I always said I wasn't going to yell, but when I became a parent, it was just so subconscious that, especially when I was stressed and feeling run thin and I didn't have a large toolbox and I hadn't quite learned how to identify my own triggers and learn how to really regulate consciously and deeply my own emotions, then my subconscious was turning to yelling a lot. And that's just an example. But I think if you were to just pause right now and take a minute of some things that maybe your parents did or ways that they parented growing up that you didn't love, that you could probably come up with them right away. (laughs) Um, Especially if they're patterns that you don't want to pass on to your children. Now, if that is the case, which I think it is for many of my listeners, I want you to know that the first step to breaking that negative pattern is to become aware of it. Going back to my example with my children with that drawing, it was totally fine that they had the pattern from one kid to the other to the other, right? That was a super harmless, really cute example. But say that second child didn't want to continue that pattern, he might have had to pause and say, oh, wow, look, I'm noticing that I'm drawing with the same colors that my older sibling was drawing with. And we might say that too. Wow, I'm noticing that I'm getting really, really angry at my child when they tell me no. And I don't have to really hold guilt and shame with it. I can just kind of notice it, right? Just kind of like be factual. Oh, I'm noticing that I get super furious when my child tells me no. And then we can start to ask why, like, why is that such a trigger for me? And it could very well be that growing up, if we told our parents no, oh boy, (laughs) that was not okay. We got a severe reaction that was probably met in some form of anger, right? It also, I don't really want to put this all on our parents. We're in a society that's full of, um, movies and books and TV shows and all sorts of messages telling us how children are supposed to act. And when they don't act that way, we tend to have some sort of negative feelings about it, right? And I think in most movies, when a child tells a parent no, that that is completely unacceptable. Now, I'm not saying that you need to let your child tell you no all the time, right? Or that you need to be happy about it. I'm just saying you can recognize, well, I'm super triggered when I said, hey, you left your shoes in the middle of the floor. Can you please put them away? And my kid says no to recognize that I just went from zero to 60 in like two seconds flat and that I am super furious over shoes in the middle of the floor. And by recognizing that, I can now make some conscious decisions. And so this is our next step. When we are first aware of it, 
Our second step is to make conscious decisions. We can consciously choose to change the way we are parenting, right? So we might notice, oh, my kid left their shoes in the middle of the floor and I've asked them to put them away and maybe they told me no. And right now my knee-jerk reaction is to scream at them. And maybe I do scream at them, right? Maybe it just happens because it's in my subconscious, right? But I can also make a conscious choice to say or to think that this isn't the way that I want to parent anymore, right? That when my child is upset, instead of saying, okay, well, it looks like you are having a hard time. Why don't you go over in the corner by yourself and come to me when you're ready to talk? that I might want to say, hey, I see you're having a hard time. Can I help you? Would you like a hug? Or would you rather be alone? Right? That I can make these conscious choices to not just run on whatever's in my subconscious mind, but to be more intentional with the way that I am parenting. Now, our next step is to recognize that this is not actually easy. <laughs> Like I'm laying it out as though it's a super easy thing that you can solve tomorrow. Um, it's not really easy to break those negative patterns that we may have had, right? To choose to consciously interrupt the cycle. Um, these are like deeply ingrained habits, especially if we've been doing them for a long time. But I do believe that it is worth our time. It's worth putting in the time to consciously realize, you know, the way that I was parented isn't the way that I want to parent my child. Maybe you were raised in an emotionally dysregulated home, but you want to have an emotionally regulated home. Or maybe there were aspects or times of the home that you were in growing up where there was a lot of emotional dysregulation and you want to have more emotional regulation during those times. And so this is where a lot of hard work comes in, right? Um, in, in the membership that I offer in the Confidently Momming membership, uh, we start by really digging deep into thoughts and understanding the brain. And I've like gone and done the research for everyone to simplify it. But if you want to go and do the research yourself, awesome. Learn more about the brain, learn more about the um, subconscious and the way that our thoughts work and the connection between our thoughts and our bodies. Go and learn about emotions. Go and learn about how they are the root of many of our behaviors, what's going on in our body, how they affect our mind. Again, the connection that goes on there between our mind and our body. Dig deep into triggers. There's probably a lot of triggers that you don't realize you have or you aren't quite sure how to solve. So this is what I love to do with clients is to dig deep and realize why is this a trigger or okay, what's going on in your body or let's talk about these thoughts that might not be serving you, right? And then choose some tools that do serve you. <laughs> um, if my kids' shoes are in the middle of the floor and I ask them to put them away and they tell me no, maybe even in a voice that my mind tells me is defiant, then I get to consciously, consciously choose, how am I going to react to this? Now, chances are for me, I'm not going to say, 
oh, honey, okay, if you don't want to put your shoes away, I'll just do it for you. <laughs> like, uh, no. <laughs> like, there, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. It doesn't have to be, I'm going to be furious and scream at this child for telling me no on one end. And it doesn't have to be, okay, I'm just going to let them do it and not even try to intervene on the other end. There can be some middle ground. And the way that looks for each parent and for each child and each family is going to probably be unique, but it starts by being conscious and thinking, how do I want to show up there? I know for me, I would like to just show up calm and in control of myself, right? I wouldn't want to let anger or frustration or bitterness or resentment or feeling offended or whatever it is. I don't want to let that run the show. I want to be in control of myself. And so if I feel that frustration start to fly and fire up in me, I might tell it, hey, this isn't a tiger chasing us right now. This isn't an emergency. I don't actually have to freak out. Looks like my kid doesn't want to put their shoes away. They think telling me no is appropriate. And this is a chance for me to teach them. How do I want to teach them? How do I want to show up? And there's lots of tools. I use um, one, if it were one of my kids, I can think of a specific tool I would use with that kid. Um, again, being Pokemon craze, I might make it a Pokemon game like, okay, you know, in that moment, I probably wouldn't tell them that telling me no was inappropriate because chances are they're a little bit on the defense and they're not ready for mom to teach them a nicer way to let me know that they don't feel like putting their shoes away or to handle a situation like that, right? That's going to be best done out of context. So later when everyone's calm, but if my goal right then is to get those shoes away, then I might make it a game. Oh my goodness. Here's Pikachu. Pikachu needs to get in the Pokeball. And my kids will probably correct me because I don't know nearly enough about Pokemon. And um, <laughs> they would probably, mom, that's not the way it works. I'd say, okay, then you help me make this a game. What kind of game can we make this into to get those shoes into the shoe box? And maybe they'll come up with a game and we have a lot of fun in the process. So I've taken this situation that would normally be really heated and be really heavy. And I've made it into a chance to connect with my child. So that is one of my favorite tools that I would use with one of my kids. I can tell you another kid that that would flop and it would just make this kid really angry. And so that other kid, I might say, Hey, I see that you don't feel like putting your shoes away right now. Telling me no like that isn't really the nicest way to handle the situation. How else do you think we can help you get your shoes in the shoe box without really having an argument or telling people no or refusing to help out? What ideas do you have? Right? And so there's a completely different way to handle it. And all of these require testing. Right? All of these are not going to work perfectly the first time. And sometimes they'll work for a season and then stop working. And that's why I always recommend to parents that we have this huge parenting toolkit. Right? We have this huge toolbox so that when one stops working or it seems to lose its luster, that new toy appeal of playing that everything is Pokemon wears off. I'm sure it will one day with those kids that it works with. Then I have these other tools to lean on. And also one reason why I recommend that moms have a community, some sort of um, 
at least another friend, but I recommend several that you can go to and say, Hey, I'm struggling with my child in this situation. Can you think of some help? And of course, that's what I try to provide in the Confidently Mommy Mastermind. We have this community, this safe space to go whenever you have a challenge and you want help with finding um, mindsets that are going to serve you more, with identifying your triggers, with building your parenting toolbox, with personalizing it to your child, with making it more realistic for your busy life that you have a place to go to for that. And we have our live coaching calls where you can speak with me one-on-one in this group setting and learn from me, or you can listen to other moms asking me questions. And like 100% of the time, pretty much, I should probably say like 99% of the time, almost always, um, the members that are listening to that call, they all kind of agree like, wow, that was really helpful. I didn't even know I had that question that that mom asked, but listening, listening to them ask it and listening to the answer and the discussion around it was so helpful. And then of course I have a lot of pre-recorded videos that you watch on your own, right? So, um, you fit them into your own schedule. You can watch them on double speed. They're really short and to the point so that you can learn a lot of skills outside of that lifetime. Um, if you're in the mom, Confidently Mommy membership, you already have access to these tools and I hope you're utilizing them. You don't have to do absolutely 100% of it. That would be crazy. That would be like buying a membership for Netflix and then thinking you have to binge watch absolutely every series this week, right? Like it's all there for you for whenever you, you're ready to access it. But if you don't join the Confidently Mommy membership, I do just really want to recommend to you that you build this big parenting toolbox, that you have a community that you can lean on for support to help you find really effective tools that understands what it's like to parent a kid with big emotions, because sometimes they need a different approach. And also people that support your values of not, not wanting to use fear and control as motivation for our children to do things or not do things, right? We don't want them to not say no to us because they're worried that they'll get screamed at or because they're worried that they'll get hit or they're worried that their favorite toy will be taken away for a week, but rather that they do it from a place of connection and love and support and that we're basing our parenting on feelings and on goals that align more with how we consciously and intentionally want our homes to run. Okay, like I said, this is not easy. And that's why I'm here at whatever level of support you want. If it's listening to my podcast, if it's hopping into my um, my email list, right, at enlighteningmotherhood.com, any of my freebies that I have will plug you into my email list. And every Monday, I'll send you a motivational email if it's finding like-minded moms, if it's curating your social media so that people that are super negative are not showing up in your feed so much, right? Whatever it is, um, that you're consciously making these changes to have that outcome that you would really like to have and break the cycle, right? Break the, the, the negative cycles. We can keep those positive ones that are working for us. But if we notice these negative ones creeping up, that we're consciously choosing to do things differently and putting in the work, because I I do believe it will matter. And it's going to leave this lasting impact on our children so that when they're 
maybe when they're parents of their own, for sure, when they're adults out in the community and, and they don't have us there or when they're teenagers. Um, some of you have teenagers, others have children that are becoming teenagers, right? That they don't have us there with them, that they have these positive patterns that we have consciously chosen to include in our parenting, that they will become part of our children's subconscious. And hopefully have this ripple effect that will affect generations to come, right? Okay, that is it for today. I definitely hope you've gotten some ideas or at least inspiration to consciously pause and um, think about really how you want your parenting to be and what kind of changes you would like. And also remember, it doesn't have to be all or nothing, right? We don't have to have um, either I've broken every single negative pattern instantly tomorrow or I'm failing as a parent. Like if you are working on it and you're just 1% better each day or even each week, because sometimes we might have bad days in there, right? Uh, that that 1% is going to make a huge difference over time as long as we're on that path to progressing. Okay. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a beautiful week. Hey, Mama. If you ever feel like you're walking on eggshells around your big emotions, kid, please know that you're not alone. I can totally relate, and I also know that you don't need to stay in that space. You can totally transform your frustration, overwhelm, and stress into calm confidence and in control. Now, I'm sure that you love your child and that you're on an amazing journey to make positive changes in your parenting, to learn to more effectively parent them with all their quirks and everything. But if you want your positive changes in parenting to be faster, smoother, and with a whole lot more support, then I would love to invite you to come check out the Confidently Momming membership. In this membership, you get instant access to an entire library of resources. This will give you a solid foundation to effectively parenting a big emotions kid. And then to personalize it, there are live coaching calls where you can ask me any parenting questions. There is a non-judgmental online communi community where you can connect and get support in between those calls. Basically, I built what I wish I had years ago before I learned how to parent big emotions kids. And when I felt like I was somewhere in between drowning, failing, or spinning my wheels with trying different things that just weren't working. So if you're ready to put behind all of those feelings of guilt, shame, spinning your wheels, or otherwise just not progressing the way you would like to in making the positive changes in parenting your big emotions kids, and you're ready to instead be empowered with feeling calm, confident, and in control so that you can help your child learn to manage their emotions so you can have more peace at home, so you can have a better relationship with your kid and just have more joy in your parenting journey, then come and see if the Confidently Mommy membership is a good fit for you. You can check out all the details at enlighteningmotherhood.com forward slash confident. And of course, that link is in the show notes. 
cannot wait to see you on the inside.